0: Are you tired of the same old business advice? Welcome to the Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's redefining entrepreneurial success one unscripted and candid conversation at a time. Get ready to soak up unfiltered stories of triumph, failure, and everything in between from trailblazers who are rewriting the rules of the game and building thriving businesses on their own terms. So if you're ready to level up your impact, income, and joy, all while staying true to your unique vision, you're in the right place. This is the Liberated CEO Experience. Welcome back, Trailblazers and Freedom Seekers. You're tuned into another empowering episode of The Liberated CEO Experience, the podcast that's all about breaking free from limitations and designing the life and business you truly desire. I'm your host, Ty Goodwin, and today we're tackling a topic that many entrepreneurs shy away from, but it's crucial for creating more freedom, having tough conversations. In this eye-opening episode, we're thrilled to have the incredible Kara Smith-Brown. Joining us as our special guest, she is a fearless leader, accomplished entrepreneur, and an expert in navigating difficult conversations with grace and assertiveness. Kara is the founder of Lead Coverage, a team of marketing and sales enablement consultants specializing in all the pieces of B2B conversion cycle, martech, stack building, CRM automation, sales marketing operations, and enablement inbound and outbound content, SEO, SDM, social conversion, and measurement. And together, we're going to explore the art of having tough conversations, unpacking the strategies and mindset shifts that can help you overcome fear, create stronger connections, and ultimately, build a more resilient and liberated business. So if you're ready to unlock new levels of freedom by stepping up your communication game, you won't want to miss a minute of this conversation. Settle in, take a deep breath, and let's get this party started. So, Carol, welcome to the Liberated CEO Experience.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. You know, I'm always excited when I get to talk to other women that are in marketing because you know and we both see like a lot of bro culture out there. And so I'm always excited when I get to hear and hear and learn from and talk with other women. How did you find yourself in this space as a marketer as a lead generation person as a b2b specialist how did you navigate your way to where you are now
1: yeah that's a good story i've got it down to a couple minutes um, <laughs> i also talk about strategic storytelling so you'll hear laugh lines and like pauses etc so in 2006 i was the 12th employee at a very sexy company called echo global logistics we were one of the first tech enabled freight brokers so super cool 2006 uh, my dad said, Hey, you should go work for this startup, but most startups fail. So, just you know, you're 24, it's fine, it'll fail, but that's okay. So, three years later, I uh, sort of called him and I was like, Hey, so my, uh, my boss wants me to write the S1 for the IPO. That's that's good, right? And my dad was like, Yeah, okay, sure. Yes, it's good. Good job. <laughs> so, pick the right startup. The guys were amazing, uh, worked for some really cool people. Also got to send the first Groupon email, right place, right time. But to your audience, I think it was right place, right time, and right girl. Mm-hmm. I was the girl that you could count on. They were like, who's got energy? Who can get anything done? Who can try the new thing? Who can we trust to like go do some crazy research and figure this out? And it was always me. So got to write the S1, got to have my name on the press release from an IPO when I was in the 20s. It was awesome. Post-IPO, moved to Nashville to work for another supply chain management company, and then back to Chicago, and then to Atlanta for a full-time job, big girl job, um, and then started my own company in 20, technically started at Chicago in 2012. But post-moving to Atlanta, sort of restarted the company again here, and we do B2B demand gen. Only for supply chain. So it's very, very specific, only mm. for this one industry. Not very sexy, lots of trucks, planes, and boats, mm. but $2 trillion market. It's enormous, wow. right? Wow. So huge market, tiny niche, very, very few competitors, if any. And we've really solidified a place for ourselves as the experts in all things sort of demand gen, marketing, revenue operations, PR, mm. analyst relations, very specifically for this space. We're also a HubSpot diamond partner, um, almost platinum. I think we may have actually hit it this month. And so when HubSpot has a supply chain company of any kind, and they're like, we don't know exactly what they're talking about, trucks, planes, and boats, they call us, which is really great. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we've gone deep, deep into the niche. It's been really great for us.
0: And I love hearing that because so many women, especially, they're afraid to choose a niche. Mm. You know, and where where do you think that comes from? And can you talk a little bit more about the benefit of niching down, especially in a non-traditional industry? Because here's the other thing. A lot of women will niche, well, I'm going to do coaches, right? Or we'll niche and we're going to say, well, I'm going to work with, you know, um, restaurants. Like we'll choose these things that are familiar to us, but it's not where the money is all the time.
1: A to the men. <laughs> where is the <laughs> money, right? Like, So supply chain, again, not very sexy. We'll call it a heavy industrial marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. But heavy industrial marketplaces are enormous. Literally, the supply chain market is $2 trillion. And so Mm. we think about supply chain in three ways. The physical movement of goods, right? The tech that moves those goods. And the money that moves those goods so if you go from china all the way to your front door right and you think about this in like a three-pronged approach it's literally a trillion dollars with thousands and thousands of companies that you have never heard of right oh yeah and so yeah. there are tons of these sort of very specific niche verticals you could be in you could be in i don't know like just manufacturing for oem parts for four distributors i mean you could do just airplane parts you could do just software that does, you know, electronic medical records. Like there are just thousands of these verticals that Mm -hmm. it can take some time to sort of get in and figure out what it is. But if you have any experience, like even like the the smallest bit of experience in a niche that you can niche down into, I highly recommend it. The -hmm. second part of your question is how has it been successful for the business? I will tell you our ability to say no, Mm -hmm. to smaller deals, clients that don't understand our value. There's a difference between value selling and SOW selling, right? Mm -hmm. We don't sell on an SOW. I don't sell time. Mm -hmm. I don't sell um, things. So Mm -hmm. a lot of marketing agencies will sell you, like I will sell you like a landing page and four turns of this and like sort of productize everything they do. Mm -hmm. We don't. We're a values-based sales organization. So I only sell in value. We only sell annual retainers and our our minimum commitment is $20,000 a month.
0: Nice. So
1: we don't do project work, and we just, we tell people off that, like we don't do project work, we do big Mm -hmm. fat retainers, we have long-term relationships with clients. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I didn't start that way, Mm -hmm. right? Like in the very beginning, I took whatever I could get, but over the last three to four years, as we really dove into the niche and we've been able to go up market and really figure Mm -hmm. out like, what is our point of view in this marketplace? The uh-huh. ability for us to walk in and sell to a stranger and say well these are the logos we work for now or we have worked for in the past do you want some of what we've learned from them and yeah. they're like yes please <laughs> so we have all this ip right like yeah. we, tell, we walk in we're like hey we did this for this client here's a case study of this exact same thing we're doing this other client all in the same space and then yeah. lastly which i think is really important is our ability to speak the language of our customer so supply chain is very specific trucks, planes, and boats, right? Mm -hmm. there's a thing called LTL and there's a thing called LCO. And if you're just a marketer off the street, it would take you months to understand this space, months to understand just just the products, not the competition. So when we walk in and we're like, hey, okay, I understand that you're an LTL only broker. Who is doing your technology stack? How do we connect that to HubSpot? And how Mm -hmm. are you competing with these four other brokers that are going after the same customers you are? And once you ask those smart questions and you use the language that they're used to using every day in the office with their bosses, make them look good to their boss, done. Like you're in for good. Oh,
0: I I love that so much, Kara, because I get people that will say to me all the time, well, Ty, I don't know how to to niche down or, you know, I really, I can serve everybody. I'm like, well, you can, but is it going to be profitable for you? Um, And what I love too about what you're saying is you, what you're doing is you are generating your own demand.
1: Right. Yes. Because now and and Ty, we're creating economies of scale. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. when I approach someone and they're like, wow, you're really expensive. And I'm like, yep, but you don't have to explain to me how you do your business. You don't have to explain to me who your cost who your customers are or who your competitors Mm -hmm. are. I have lists of all this stuff. I already have lists of every trade show you could possibly go to. I know the press in your space. Mm -hmm. I know this, like the top 10 list. I know like all the things that I already know, I don't have to learn. And then my economies of scale are that I can hire one person to serve six clients in a specific capacity because we do, we use all the same stuff, right? Same trade shows, same press list, same, Mm -hmm. you know, the email lists are all specific to the client, but you know, the, the learnings that we can do across all of them are super, super impactful. And then my team isn't like struggling and like, I don't know how I'm going to start, like, how am I going to go learn about, you know, I don't know, the, the beauty market for the you know and like serve right. this client well if i've never learned a thing about blush like i don't know about the market right
0: exactly exactly I, I you know we don't get that i think a lot of women especially when we leave our day job and we start our own business we really become order takers right? Mm. And so we are like, well, um, I'm going to find out what they need. And then I'm going to put this together. Like, no, you need to be telling them what they need. You're the expert, but we're so used to those corporate jobs. We're waiting for somebody to hand us and tell us what to do.
1: I'm literally writing an email right now. I'm not even Uh, joking. It's behind, we're on a Zoom call. It's behind you on the, uh like on my screen. And it says on there, this is not our first rodeo. Like it literally says this in the email. This guy is trying to push me into a corner. He's like, I don't want to pay this much money. This is what I want you to do. I just want you to do this one thing. And I'm like, no, no, this is not. We have a business model that we know works. Yeah. This is how it works. This is how much it costs. This is not my first rodeo. I have already Mm -hmm. identified these seven issues inside your business. We've spent one hour together. Mm -hmm. I've done the math on your pipeline. It's not Mm -hmm. great. You're you're your human being that came to talk to me, told me a bunch of other issues that we can solve with some pretty basic tech. And I know how to solve these problems. If you don't want the solution, that's totally fine. Here are some suggestions of other people you can work with, (laughs) but we are not going to to change our business model to make you happy because Mm -hmm. inevitably, Ty, it's done. Like Mm -hmm. before you sign the contract, the relationship is already over Mm. because you have set yourself up to fail. And I have done that enough, failed mm-hmm. enough times wow. to know that if you're not going to be a long-term partner and we're not committed to the same strategy, this isn't going to work. So I yeah. can either, I actually was talking to my CEO about this today. He said, well, we can take this guy's business and we can just like, you know, milk it for six months or whatever, and then know they're going to fire us. I'm like, wow, it just doesn't feel right. Like it feels bad to the team. It feels bad to the client, and we're in a niche, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you have one of those deals that goes badly, like you don't know who they're talking to, yeah. I was like, this. Let's just tell them, like, no, thanks. Yeah. And I do think that women have a hard time saying mm-hmm. no. Yeah. I will not do this your mm-hmm. way. I will do this my way. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's hard. Yeah. It's real hard. Those hard conversations are really hard to like yeah. own and get good at and like yeah. have the confidence to tell, and they're all white men, to have a confidence to tell an old black guy, no, like <laughs> we've all been systematically treated, to, yeah. like, you know, taught to say yes. And you want to say yes. You want the revenue. You think you can do a good job. But if you know it's going to fail from the beginning, like why put yourself through the torture?
0: Yeah, I, I love so much about what you said. Um, it really is about, knowing what your boundaries are, you know, and standing firm in that. And a lot of us don't do that well.
1: Yeah. You know? I don't love the word boundaries. I don't. Okay. Boundaries to me is a weak word. It's a mm. word women use to like, I don't know, just say the a Gen Z word. <laughs> I would prefer to use the word worth. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Say more right? about that.
1: So I know what my worth is. Mm-hmm. I know Actually, I know exactly what my worth is because someone gave me a job offer last year and I was like, This is bananas. <laughs> You're gonna pay me how much money? Um <laughs> I didn't take it. I really like my I really like money in company, but um no. like I know my worth, right? And I know the case studies that we have and I know the value that we can create mm-hmm. for your company. I know what right. I can do for you. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, that's up to you. And so mm-hmm. a boundary to me makes me feel like I'm 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 like defensive in some way. Right. Like you're you're coming into my turf and I'm being defensive Mm -hmm. and I feel like my worth is an offensive move. Yeah. I am in the offense in this position and it is my choice whether or not you are worth, like you're going to pay me what I'm worth. Right. Right. Or like, I'm just going to move on and find the next guy to do it. Yeah. Right. Because I know that I have it. Like I know the value of what I have.
0: Mm -hmm. I I love that. That's a really great definition. I've never heard anybody define it that way, but you're absolutely right. Boundary is me defending. It's like, you know, there's an army coming in and somebody's going to invade the boundary up as opposed to, no, this is just who we are and what we do. And that also makes it easy for the things that we do not do to fall off. And we're okay with that.
1: Amen. And I think the word boundary I like for like my children, (laughs) like I like, like, Hey, your boundaries, you know, at Uh your waistline or like all the the sensitive things you talk to kids about, like, where's your boundary. Right. Uh Um, and this, the word worth in business, I think makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. Now, interesting. I don't hear men talk about the word
1: worth. No, men just measure their penises, (laughs) but I used to have a very, very, very masculine client. I mean, Mm -hmm. like Na- you know, Navy guy, like all the stuff. Right. Yeah. And they do measure their worth. They just don't yeah. use the word worth. So he would tell me, well, this weekend I'm going fishing and this mm-hmm. guy has a business worth this much money. And this guy mm-hmm. has a business worth this much money. And this guy just sold his company to private equity. And this guy just raised, you know, this much money. Yeah. They 100% measure their worth. Yeah. Guess who doesn't talk about worth? Guess who doesn't talk about money? Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Women do not talk about their business's actual revenue and it is hurting us. It's hurting us for sure. So we've gone zero to 5 million Mm -hmm. and it's really important that we talk about that number. Like we are a $5 million agency, Mm -hmm. right? We aren't a $100,000 company, right? Right. Like we have like, quote unquote, made it. Now I haven't made it to 10. I haven't made it to 20. I'm working on it, Right. right? But the advice, the experience shares, The the way we think about things are very different. If you are a $250,000 company versus a $5 company. million, they're just really different. And men are open, more open than we are about how big their companies are. And like, who do you take advice from? Right. Who do you surround yourself with? I surround myself with usually men, because there's not a lot of women that have made it to the next step, the 10 plus, and they've made it there. Without venture capital, without raising money, right? Bootstrapped. It's specific to me. I've got a tip on my shoulder about it, but we haven't raised money. It's all me, Yeah.
0: right? I I love the integrity of that, you know? But I'm also hearing something that we need to do a better job of. And you're right, we don't talk about money, but a lot of times, like we don't focus on the numbers. You know, I I just want to help. And and this is part of my story. You know, you can't, how how successfully can you help people if you're broke, right? Well, you don't
1: have a business if Mm -hmm. you're not making money.
0: That's another side of it. I mean, like,
1: or there's also something that's like, I made myself a job, which is totally fine. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there are two types of female entrepreneurs and that's totally fine. One is I made myself a job and Mm -hmm. male entrepreneurs. It is too, right. You're not really an entrepreneur. You're a consultant. Totally Mm -hmm. fine. I started that way, but there is a flexion point. Mm -hmm. You have to decide, am I going to be a CEO Mm -hmm. And am I going to hire people, put them to work, put them on benefits, the responsibility that comes with having 25 people count on you to pay their car note, to pay their mortgage, to put their kids in daycare. Like that's an extreme responsibility, right? Some people don't want it and that's totally fine. But when you take on the lives of 25 people and their families as a CEO, you better believe your skill set has to change. Yeah. And it is not the skill set of someone who's made themselves a consulting job. But I think as women, we don't do a very good job of breaking sort of the, I want to say like who in my community is a sole consultant mm-hmm. who made herself a job right. and who in my community is a CEO. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I call that that a dead end business. You know, a lot of us, we are used to the term dead end job, you know, we've reached like the ceiling, but you can also create a dead end business, you know, where it's just you and you don't have any room to grow. And it's not that you can't grow, but you haven't positioned your business model. You haven't built up your bench or built up your team um, in in order for you to grow. And it's interesting because I hear a lot of women say, well, I want to be a leader and I want to have more impact, but yet They never translate that into stepping into the role as a real CEO is what allows you to have that impact or to actually lead because now you have other people that you can turn into leaders as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to diminish the Mm -hmm. women that do a job that create an LLC and are consultants and do a job and like pay themselves and their family Mm -hmm. one client at a time. Like, I don't know that it's the dead end job Mm -hmm. or a dead end company. Like you can have, like, if you start small and you get bigger and better clients, I mean, I would actually probably make a lot more money myself if I was just a consultant, (laughs) but I chose being a CEO. So I'm foregoing the cash today to eventually sell my business someday in the future, right. For some hopefully meaningful multiple. So I don't want to diminish it, but I don't know. So becoming a CEO is a whole different set of skills.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's not—it's not diminishing, you know. But th- but there's a place where I see women where they say they want more, but they've created a dead end where they literally can't do more, right? They create well, their own ceiling, and I mean, they I do mean, it in do it in our careers, we do it in our business, and it has nothing to do with being a solopreneur and being, you know, because I, I totally get that you don't want the responsibility, you just sure. want to be able to do that, and that's one thing. But I've seen women where they want more,
1: but well, they're willing they to do what it takes it, to get it done.
0: They're not willing to change their mindset they're not willing yeah. to you know everybody they talk to is in that same space and they're not willing to learn and be have a mentor that has created a million dollar two million dollar business right
1: i um, think the biggest thing Ty, is sacrifice mm. i have two children mm-hmm. they're lovely i see them roughly 48 hours a week mm-hmm. you know two days on the weekend and maybe an hour two nights a week mm-hmm. I travel Probably, I mean, in, in the busy season, I'm gone for 20, 30 days at a time. Okay. Um, I don't do pickup, I don't do mm-hmm. drop off. I have a lovely German woman who lives in my basement and loves them uh-huh. for me. She's terrific. Uh-huh. I I don't do swim practice, I don't go to choir rehearsal, right? Like I'm not that mom.
0: Yeah.
1: I have had to sacrifice the whole like idea <laughs> <laughs> that I could possibly be there for every practice and every swim meet because I can't. I have mm-hmm. another baby. Yeah. I have a business. And that business has 25 people or more sometimes that depend on me more than my kids do. Mm -hmm. And I think the sacrifice piece is something that everybody seems to like, think they can do it all. Like, oh, I can be a great mom. Or my favorite is when women come to me and they're like, I want to start a business because I want to be around my kids more. And I'm like, I haven't seen my children in two weeks. Like, I don't, (laughs) that's not the right attitude. Right. Uh Um, And I think we, we just, we take on too much. We think that we should be the mom that does PTA, be the mom that knows what's going on at school, be the mom that's doing drop-off and pickup. Like you just can't, it's not possible. You cannot run a successful company and be a full-time mom at the same time. Like you have to let things go.
0: Well, I think it's interesting that you use the word sacrifice. I I think that's something we've been conditioned to maybe think that it's a sacrifice to me. That's just my choice. You know, I remember when my daughter was born, you know, I did start my business because I wanted to be more available to her and have more flexibility. But I remember like, there was only so much blocks and Barney I could do, <laughs> you know, when she was first. Born, yeah. I'm I got like, fired
1: from being cookie mom. Yeah. yeah like this is, I'm not me. joking. This is a, this is a great story. So <laughs> my kid's girl scout troop was like, Hey, we need parent volunteers. And I just cannot possibly go every other Tuesday at four o'clock, whatever it is. It's just uh-huh. So they wanted us to do cookie mom. It's a, it's a 12 week project. I was like, Oh, I can do this. Like I'll put this in a sauna. Like I will have these women, like, you know, checking out boxes, like let uh-huh. me go. Right. So I did this and I sent a zoom call and I had recordings and I was like, this is what's happening. Here's the organization. Here's the Google spreadsheet. Right. Uh-huh. And apparently my emails, they didn't like my emails. My emails were too abrupt. And they only had bullets. And I was like, I don't understand. So they fired me from being Girl Scout cookie mom because I was too intense. That is crazy. And it was amazing. So then they asked me to do it again. And I was like, are you joking? Like you literally fired me last year. Like, no, uh, I did get my job back and I finished <laughs> off the year. But the point uh-huh. is like, you're just never going to, you know, if you actually want to be a CEO, mm-hmm. like a real CEO, you mm-hmm. can't also be Girl Scout cookie mom. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You well, have I think to let so- it go.
0: I think yeah, you're right. You're, you're it's choices, right? Some things yes. are just knowing who you are. You know, if you know you're not that person, don't try to be that person. It goes to me, it's 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 just being who you are. Like I, I don't know about that. that. Like instance. I yeah, could
1: no, I be, mean. I could be PTO president. Like I would crush being PTA president. I would be an amazing yeah. PTA president. Right. But I choose to spend that time and energy on my company instead of right. on the kids' school because there's exactly. some stay-at-home mom that has the time uh-huh. to do it. And I I would prefer to put my time and energy into the company that's going to you know pay me back cash right. one day.
0: And, it, and that's exactly what I mean. Like, I don't want to do it. I mean, just be, let's right. just be honest. There are some things I just don't want to do. Like I said, I could only do blocks in Barney for so long. I don't want to sit here and play blocks. Like, do I want to have time with my kid? Absolutely. But I want to go back to work. you know, and that was, and I knew that about myself and even with raising my daughter and, you know, my daughter, you know, I was a single mom for a a long period of time, but I will tell you what, when I was on my computer, guess what my daughter was doing? She was on her tablet and she was learning how to do stuff. And I remember when I came home, oh no, um, she came home and I was like, what are you doing? And she was sitting there coding because her (laughs) school had taught her this coding program and she was making this ballerina. You know, but this is, this is what we do in our house. And now my daughter works in our business, right? She builds all of our quizzes. She builds all of our email automations and she's interested in video game design. And uh, and I'm wanting people to hear this conversation because a lot of times we feel like it is a sacrifice. Oh my gosh, I'm giving this up. And no, you're making a choice. Right, And we are allowed to make that choice that's going to be in our highest good. And honestly, I think it's in our kids' highest good as well because we're showing up and being exactly who we want to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the the word choice is dependent on person, probably, right? Uh Whether you think it's a sacrifice or you think it's like whatever works for you. But Mm -hmm. I think the message, if I have one to share with your listeners, is Uh that you cannot do it all. Mm -hmm. And it's false to believe you can't. Hmm. so like we have a chef we have a Mm stay-at-home you know one that lives in our house like we hire people to book our travel like we outsource as much as humanly possible so I can spend as much time making revenue for the company as possible
0: Yeah. yeah and
1: I can't do that if I'm a you know PTO president
0: yeah and I think it's a mindset shift you know I know where my where my family comes from you know when I would say yeah, I'm going to hire somebody to do clean. I'm going to hire somebody to do this. Oh, You can, you, you don't, you're going to waste money. I'm not wasting money. Number one, my time is worth more okay. than yes. that. And number 100%. two, I'm actually supporting the economy of other people.
1: Yeah, making jobs. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So there's yeah. a
1: wonderful sort of way to think about this. My friend Morgan gave this to me years ago. And he said, mm-hmm. you, have, you have 10, 100, 1,000 and $10,000 hours. Hmm. Okay, So every week, every week you have 10, 100, 1000 and 10,000 dollar hours. You as the CEO must release yourself from any 10 or 100 dollar task. Wow. So that you can free your mind for the 10,000 dollar hour. The more 10,000 dollar hours you have, the more successful you will be. Why are men so successful? What do they not think about? Dinner, laundry, yeah, field trips, daycare, pick up. They don't they don't pay to any of that stuff. Yeah. Right? So they're free. They're free for 10,000 dollar hours. So, mm. I freed myself up, man. I got a plate to clean my house. I got a cleaning to do mm. my dishes. Like, we don't, I don't do any of that. I don't do, I don't do, I don't do windows. Like, we just, I have leased my car. They come pick it up and change the oil uh-huh. for me. Like, yeah. and it's not about being posh or like thinking that I'm better than someone else. It's just right. literally the $10 task of mm-hmm. driving to my child's school to pick them up right. on a Monday afternoon is a $10 task. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use that hour for a $10,000 hour where I closed a piece of business yeah. worth a million dollars.
0: I love that way of thinking about things. And I love that perspective. I think that is at, I think that's at the core of being, of creating liberation in your life and in your business. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Again, all the way back to worth, right? What is my mm-hmm. hour worth? This yeah. hour that I spend, I don't know, slaving over dinner or having my mind focused on, laundry for the week. I don't even know what like doesn't even matter right, right. whatever this hour is is this hour worth right ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars like did I make a ten thousand dollar hour out of that time yeah. and my, my husband now works inside my company mm-hmm. and it has been amazing yeah. to have even our like hour getting ready so we go to the gym together in the morning mm-hmm. and then we get back we come back and we kind to get ready together and which we can do because we have a live-in nanny who gets the kids ready for school, feeds them mm-hmm. breakfast, and then takes them to school. So, my whole morning is free. So, worth, right? So, the hour we go to the gym and then we come back, and we, the entire hour and a half that we spend sort of getting ready for the day is all on the company. Mm. All we do is talk about the company, right? Mm-hmm. People, clients, what's happening? Like, how do we fix this? Can we like yeah. strategize? And, and like, that hour is worth probably 50 grand every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Changes we're going to make. And so, that like podcast listening, how like that that hour is so valuable. If we were spending our mornings, pulling our hair out, trying to get our kids dressed and off to school, we wouldn't have that hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it just creates a different dynamic too. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really like thinking that through.
1: <laughs> You're like, what else can I outsource? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Because you know, yeah. Cause I don't want to pull my hair out about this no. or that. I don't, you know, I don't want that stress. And we're at, we add stress to ourselves. We do all the time
1: only because society tells us that we should. Right. Yeah, so you can outsource everything. So uh-huh. we hired Atlanta personal chef service. It's amazing. They uh-huh. drop off meals Tuesdays and Thursdays uh-huh. and we just heat them up. They're delicious. They're wonderful. Yeah. They're like so much better than I could make. Uh-huh. Right. And so we have chef service that delivers meals. We have, I mean, clearly the, the au pair that we have that takes care of the kids. We Mm -hmm. have a service that does the yard, like the amount of time that we could spend Mm -hmm. on the $10 task is entirely there. Like we could spend the time Mm -hmm. or we can decide that that time is worth more to us in other ways. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I love that. I love that. It reminds me a long time ago, my car used to be an absolute mess inside. And again, I was a single mom. I was working a full-time job. And I was going to grad school at the same time. And I had like an infant, you know, she was like one or two years old. And I made a decision, okay, my car is just going to be crazy. You know, and I remember somebody say, oh my gosh, I said, listen, out of all the things that I have to do, cleaning my car is not <laughs> going to give me the right. benefit that you Zero think value. Right. I'm not doing it. So if I got like books and all that kind of, you know, what it is what it is, but it's that same kind of decision about where is my time best spent? Because I've got these other priorities and um, I'm, I'm loving hearing you say this. So let me ask this question as we're kind of closing out our conversation, but I'm curious for you, um, if you were, you know, were in a room and you were talking to a whole bunch of, uh, of women, uh, what other hard conversations do we need to learn how to have oh so gosh. that we can have the life that we want?
1: So my life- is a series of hard conversations. <laughs> like <laughs> the higher up you get in leadership, mm-hmm. the more hard decisions you have to make, and the more hot hard conversations you have to have. And so mm-hmm. if you are going to lead, you need to be ha- you need to be very used to and very comfortable with hard conversations of all kinds, right? Mm-hmm. So this is beyond just hiring and firing or demoting or like, this is all sorts of hard conversations. So a couple of tips and tricks that I have for women. Um, one of them is kind of silly as a three C's. So it's confidence, competence, and clarity. Mm -hmm. Okay. So being confident on how you're going to handle this call, right. Knowing that you have the competence to handle Mm -hmm. this call, right. That you are prepared, you know what you have, et cetera. And then clarity on what you're gonna do. Are, what do you want? Are you firing someone? Do you just want them to get better? Or do you just need one task done? Like how are you gonna handle You know, the clarity of this conversation? I'm super, super clear when I have hard conversations. So those are my three C's on hard conversations. A Couple other tips. One, if you need to fire someone, the language is, this is your last day at this company. And then stop talking. Mm-hmm. They won't hear anything you say after that anyway anything you say after that will could only possibly get you in legal trouble. So just stop talking. <laughs> and <laughs> you can tell this person, we can have a conversation later if you want to review like the why or have another conversation, but this is the final decision. And this is your last day and just stop. And women have such a hard time mm-hmm. stopping. Oh yeah. The next piece of advice I have is when you're closing a deal and someone says, yes, stop talking, <laughs> just stop, get very, very, very used to uncomfortable silences mm-hmm. the real value in an uncomfortable conversation or having a tough conversation comes in the silence do you know the rule do you know the golden rule yeah whoever the talks next, that's right Hey, to the man <laughs> you know girl the Absolutely. next person that talks loses i'll tell you a funny mm-hmm. story so i had a virtual assistant and she quit and she quit in a spectacular fire of anger and resentment, and I had no idea, and I was really caught off guard, and I was like, oh, I have no idea you hated me this much, right? Whatever, it's fine. Like, you can quit. You don't, you don't have to character assassinate me, but feel free, right? <laughs> so she just like, oh no, 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 all this, the volume, you know, vomit, just gross. It was gross. Mm-hmm. And I see was on the phone, and we were not in the same place. We we're all in a conference call, and he will not stop talking, and I am texting him like, stop stop it. Do, do, not, do not reply. Stop talking. Stop talking. So he finally looks, you can tell he finally looks at his phone. Like you finally you go silent. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got out of this very uncomfortable conversation. But the point is like, if you have something uncomfortable to share with someone, like be super clear, uh-huh. go in with confidence, have a plan yeah. and then stop talking. Uh-huh. Like let that silence be your friend. They need uh-huh. time to absorb it right? They may have a visceral reaction that's going to be really painful. And your reaction to their reaction is going to be indicative of how the conversation is going to go. Mm -hmm. And so when I know I'm going to have a really, really hard chat with someone that they're going to react badly to, right? Mm -hmm. That's not good for them. I will often remind myself before going into it, like take, you can even hear it in my voice, take the voice down, Mm -hmm. right? Take my blood pressure down, right? This is not a happy Kara phone call, this right thing, actually in my company. They call it a butt clutch moment. Like when I like, that is <laughs> right. And sort of relax. Although I'll tell you, Ty, I'm not always that good at it. I yelled at the whole team today, yesterday, actually. <laughs> it was like, this thing was supposed to be done. It didn't get done. I was super mad and I walked out. But the point is like, we're not all perfect. We're not going to get ready every time. Right. When you know you're going to have a hard chat, like get yourself in a place where you know what you're going to say and just stop talking. Try it on your husband. This is my favorite. Like he has no idea. <laughs> Probably listen to this. But, like, even in the fight with the husband, right? Yes. We're buying a car. And, like, I'm so yes. annoyed. Just stop talking. And just see what happens. Give it a shot. I promise it'll work.
0: That's so good. Well, here's something I love what you said about being clear. I think, and this is, could be. I tell myself all the time, you know, um, but I know there have been times in conversations where I haven't been clear about what I wanted mm-hmm. and my intention or my, my thought when I go into the conversation is, well, I'm going to see how this person responds and then we're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a no, like no. And it's the same thing when you're negotiating, right? No, we're going to go into this knowing this is what I want. It doesn't matter what the other person says. It doesn't matter what excuse they have. It doesn't matter what their story is. This is what needs to happen. And when we go in with that clarity and that confidence, it's a whole different, it takes the emotion out of it because yes. now I'm not trying yes. to respond. I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm not waiting for that
1: respond. And it's it's more control. Right? I think part of what makes me pretty successful and again, mm-hmm. not at all perfect at this is the ability to take the emotion out of it. So when the other party is like freaking out, you know, mm-hmm. she like let someone go or give bad news, right? The ability to take a breath, listen be still, be quiet, listen to what's going on for them is also like a really big part of this. But I think you're right. I think the, I think the the biggest thing is like, just not being passive aggressive. Yeah. I think it's really funny. My friends uh, and my employees as well will tell you that I am not passive aggressive. I'm just aggressive, aggressive. (laughs) And I'm special flower for sure. Not women, not a lot of women like me, but And you can be softer and Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not very soft, but you can be softer than I am and be direct. Mm -hmm. And I think directness is if there's a skill that women can work on. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are not a direct person where you have been groomed by society to be less than direct, Mm -hmm. then figuring out how to be super direct will be very helpful because the clarity in a direct directive or Mm Sharing bad news or sharing good news, like et cetera, to like being direct and not having someone be like, What did she really mean? Right. Yeah. So when you're like, Hey, I don't think you actually want to work here anymore. Do you? <laughs> that's, I'll do that. Like, that's not nice. Right. Uh-huh. Like, okay, this decision's been made. You don't work here anymore. Is a very different conversation. Right. You're not confusing yeah. the person. They're not getting off the phone going, Did I just get fired? Like, no, you for sure just got fired. <laughs>
0: i i love i love that and you're right there, there has been a lot of conditioning um you know for a lot of us but here's the great news is that this is something this is a skill that we can learn so if you're listening to this and you know you're thinking like oh my god and I, I'm, I'm i'm always transparent i'll be very transparent here the first conversation that you and i had i was like oh my goodness right
1: oh was i super direct with you
0: oh yes but here's the thing <laughs> i immediately loved you i was like oh my gosh Oh my god! I want to be Carol when I grow up because I I love that because I don't because I don't hear it enough I don't see it enough and so I was able to immediately recognize that like oh my god that's freaking brilliant and so I was you know I'll tell
1: you Ty I surround myself with some pretty awesome women Mm -hmm. like I try really hard I'm the dumbest youngest poorest person in many of my circles intentionally love it the women that I surround myself are so freaking direct yeah like I don't like they call me out like Mm -hmm. the other day I was at a holiday party with two of two of my really good girlfriends are super badasses like Uh these women are just just ballers and I said something about my house and one of them goes you've been complaining about your house for two years and I'm like no I haven't she was like literally since I've known you Uh just that was it like deadpan Uh like girl I'm calling you on your shit like we are so tired of hearing about this house I'm like all right cool okay all right Uh Julie noted I will stop complaining about my house to my girlfriends, but that's how, that's how direct they are. Right. Yeah. And if you can imagine working for one of these women, they're that direct and that's how they've gotten where they are. I mean, we're talking like CROs of, of, of amazing companies and like women that have sold amazing things. I mean, these women are just, and they're so direct and they're not, everybody's cup of tea. Right. And I think the reason we like each other so much is because we're we're all direct to each other. Right. Um, And it's hard. It's hard to be friends with a direct woman. It's hard to work for a direct woman. We're not used to it. We're conditioned to not be direct. Right. We're conditioned to say yes and to be gentle and be soft. And so it's uh, it's wild. But I appreciate your um, (laughs) your your first take on the first impression. I it's and you never know what it's going to be. Yeah. It's either be like, that woman's insane, uh-huh. or uh-huh. I hate her, or
0: like, holy cow, I want more. No, I I, I love it because <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in a place where I always had to guess what people were thinking and feeling. It was yes. a lot of
1: aggressive,
0: but I thought it was going to be my most amazing job ever at a Fortune, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Revenue, um, turned out to be one of my worst jobs because the women were just like that. They had to tell you something. Po- the formula was, I'm going to tell you something positive and then I'm going to tell you something negative. And then we're going to circle back to something positive. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, Just I know I'm not. To- yeah. I, and I yeah. hated that so much. So I love that directness um, and yeah. I want more of that. So I'm so grateful for you that you show up and you be exactly who you are and that you bring it. Not that everything, not that anything's perfect for any of us, yeah. but I love that you show up and you are who you are and the success that you had speaks volumes to the fact that you can be direct. You don't have to have it all, try to have it all. You can have what you want though
1: right? Yeah. And I I think the last piece of the directness is like, I, you don't have to like me. That's okay. Exactly. Right. A lot of women want everyone to like them. And I'm totally fine. If you don't, I have lots of friends. My husband likes me a lot. Like I, you don't have to like me. And if you don't like me and you don't want to work for me, or you don't want to be my client or like, there are literally billions of people on this planet. Like I'm good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's totally fine. We were having a,
0: a a conversation like that on Facebook where people were like, Well, I don't like when people come directly into my inbox and tell me what well, I want them to get to know me first. I'm like, I don't want friends, I am not <laughs> looking for them to be my friends. So if you I come don't need in, any more friends, exactly. right? like, I'm say, Oh, I love your shirt or I loved your picture, I don't care, you know. And they were like, Oh I mean, no, compliments we want to go nice a like, I always,
1: like a good compliment, it's nice, but I think if you're complimenting someone and you're trying to be gentle and like get in their inbox, ask them for something. It's just like, just, just ask, right? Like just give me that. the ask. Like, And I think if I can leave your, your listeners and your viewers with anything, it's if you want to approach someone like me, right? And I am, again, the youngest and dumbest in my group of women, <laughs> You cannot you cannot ask them for time or energy or to pick their brain without an actual ask. So oftentimes after these interviews, I'll get emails from people that will be like, Hey, can I, can I get 30 minutes on your calendar? No, you cannot. I know my calendar's worth and you're not worth it. Right. Like, tell me why, tell me why I should spend 30 minutes on you. Tell me exactly what you want from me, because sometimes I'm not the right person. Right. Right. Like you say to me, like, Hey, Kara, like. I also own an agency and I don't know, I want to sell it someday and I want to pick your brain about that. Okay, well, I don't do M&A, but there are four people in my speed dial that do agency M&A that you are probably better suited to talk to. How about I set you up with one of that? Or yes, I am the person to talk to. Like, I'd really like to talk to you about how to embrace having hard conversations and how do I get more clear before I have a hard convo. I will have 30 minutes for that woman any day. But if you just ask to pick someone's brain and you don't have any value to the ask, like, why would we? So yeah. women that are this direct, that are this successful more than me, right? Mm-hmm. Be conscious of this is the way they think, right? Yeah. My time is so valuable. I have so much worth. And if I'm going to give it to you, I need to know exactly what you expect from me until you get to be friends with them. And then you become girlfriends and the time is worth an entirely different type of Mm -hmm. right so these women give so much to my soul that when I do spend time with them it's not about you know what you can do for me or what you can give to me it's just about being girlfriends but you have to get to that level where you know you're going to get something back and forth from each other
0: yeah yeah I I love that and that's a great way to to wrap up our conversation you know we talked about you know your journey um, but this last Evolution, right? Of how you get into this space and how you get into the friendship piece of it. Oh, I'll tell you a movie. funny story. I love it. Yeah.
1: So there's a woman in Atlanta. When I first got here, I I came from Chicago, so I was new here, and I was asking all these people, like, how do I, like, who do I need to know, who do I need to meet? Mm-hmm. uh And her her name, her name is Viev and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's in Atlanta. I shouldn't have said her name, but that's okay. So, anyway, she's in Atlanta. She's amazing. She's a like. Crazy successful entrepreneur. She's brilliant. She's beautiful, right? She had no time, mm-hmm. zero time for me. Like I was nobody at her radar, right? So a friend of mine knew her. He set up a tea. I was so excited. She really wanted to go to tea with this guy, but like I like tagged mm-hmm. along. And so <laughs> at this tea, I was like, I was like, boss, like, please tell me all the things that I should do. And she's like, go do these five things. And I, I was like, yes, I wrote them down. Back to my office, did the five things, sent her an email. And I was like, I did all the five things. What's next? Totally ignored me. Like never, never replied to the email. Mm -hmm. but I knew that she was part of this club called EO. Uh, It's the entrepreneur organization. And so I just started going to stuff Mm -hmm. and I started just sitting near her, literally. I Mm stalked her. And so I just started being in her orbit wherever I could find her in the city. And eventually she was like, you are just, you're everywhere. And I was like, yes. Right. (laughs) And so now we are like, best girlfriends like on my speed dial gives me mm-hmm. amazing advice right she's just absolutely phenomenal we are clearly like peers now I don't have to chase her anymore and so but that was the way it had to happen right she was not going to give me another half an hour she'd already given me what she was going to give me mm-hmm. and I had to prove to her that I was her equal and it was by showing up at all these events to like right. and I would like ask her questions like hey are you going to this women's event and she's like no it's lame and I'm like yeah it's totally lame like <laughs>
0: I love it. I, I, love, that, I love it. What a great orbit. Get
1: in yeah. the orbit. Well, yeah.
0: Well, well, that that yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I love the intention of it, you know? Oh yeah. I love the intention of it. That's fantastic. So um if people want to follow you online, <laughs> yeah. where where can I'm, they find out more about you?
1: So LinkedIn is the best place to get a hold of me. It's Kara uh-huh. Smith Brown uh, on LinkedIn. I post a whole bunch. It's a whole other topic to do on how to post on LinkedIn. I do a bunch of LinkedIn uh-huh. stuff. Um, and yeah, just reach out. I would highly recommend if you do DM me to actually ask for something like, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'd like to talk about this thing. I'm uh-huh. um, happy to share my time with women that are up and up and on their way.
0: I am so grateful um, that our paths connected. I have loved every minute of this conversation. And for those of you that are listening, you know, at the Liberated CEO, we do things a little bit differently here. Yes, we could have talked about B2B and all those kind of things, but I really want to give entrepreneurs a chance to expose other parts of themselves because we've got this wealth of experience that we get to tap into. So thank you, Kara, for being an amazing guest. Thank you for my listeners. And you already know until next time, be brilliant, be bankable and show up like a boss in your business. Thanks for hanging out with us for today's episode. Check the show notes at tygoodwin.com for links and resources. And be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you found value in this episode, please leave us a rating. Until next time, be brilliant, be bankable, and show up like a boss in your life and your business.